Hey, this is Jason and Mark with Interman Radio. A free service to thinkers everywhere, demystifying the Bible by asking the questions your neighborhood pastor is afraid to answer. This is the closest I've ever been to a garage band. You know, you're right. We're, re- we're making a recording in, <laughs> in a garage. In a garage, yeah. In your garage. You know, if you lean fact. a little bit too far to your right, Mark, you're going to bump into the punching bag hanging yeah. from the rafters. Watch out for the table saw yeah. behind you. <laughs> it comes complete with the uh, light bulb dangling from the from yeah. just above yeah. you, too. So It's it, nice ambiance. Yeah. Our goal really is to talk about things that uh, get people to think and not fall asleep while they drive in the car. I mean, at this point, isn't that kind of our major goal in if life? If it saves one life, it's worth it. That's, yeah. that's a service to humanity. That's what we're all about. Yeah, we're talking about this week, right and wrong. Not right and left, if you're driving, right and wrong. And, you know, sometimes you'll hear when people are, um, when people are trying to sort through this issue, typically you've got, uh, you've got those who are religious on one side of the table. You've got those who are a religious on the other side, and sometimes one of the accusations that's labeled from the secular to the religious is, you know, Christianity itself is immoral. Why? Why is it? Why is that accusation thrown out there? Because I think there's, it's got some legs, really. I mean, it, that's got some traction in today's society, don't you think? Oh, sure. There's lots of things that uh, that we would find in the Bible, even things that God prescribes, which are not socially acceptable at the moment. Yeah, there's a few verses in the Old Testament that one reading through, uh, it, you get a little bit of blood soaked there, right? There is indeed. So typically the way that, that, the, that the secularists would approach morality is is the way that that Dawkins kind of pitches it in uh who's Dawkins Dawkins is that your pet who's that's uh that's my buddy uh my buddy Rick oh Rick Rick Dawkins Rick Rick. okay yeah Richard Richard Rick Dawkins yeah um he, he wrote in the God Delusion in trying to explain morality he used a German term to to describe it and the, the term is, and I apologize to any and all German speakers for my pronunciation, but the term is Zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And the idea is it's the spirit of the times. You know what everybody seems to think is appropriate at any one at any one point, that that's what morality is. Also, oh, it would take a combination of all the mores of society that tend to be agreed upon. You kind of throw all those into the pot. And if that's the general flavor of the times, that's Zeitgeist. Right. So so shaking hands is, is no longer moral because it it's not the spirit of the times right and we should mention that's why we're in the garage <laughs> it is it's because of covid19 yeah. uh, we we normally would not be recording this from from the uh, south hill gym aka <laughs> yates yeah. garage right? right right but because every place has been shut down this is uh this is what we have to work with, so... It works fine. Yeah, it hasn't yeah. affected our quality at all. No, no we're going to change the oil right after we're done with this episode here. That's so. right. But that kind of idea, you know, you can see how quickly that changes with people from, uh, you know, even what was socially acceptable a month ago, and maybe that's going a little farther than to call it morality. Well, no, but it's that does it's change. Not. It's not, because really, I mean, if you think about it now, it... it it really seems immoral to go stand really super close to somebody and shake their hand unless they are asking you to shake their hand. I mean, it almost seems like you're you're doing something that could be offensive to them. And that's right? true. That's yeah. true. I guess you know some for some that they might consider that immoral. And the question is, is that a reasonable position? Hmm. The Bible espouses a, a different point of view. Um, of course, the Ten Commandments are written in stone, um, not just figuratively but literally written mm-hmm. in stone and the idea of course is that is that those are unchanging standards of right and wrong 
but can we accept that? Can we agree with that? The, the Declaration of Independence kind of attributes or makes an appeal to an underlying morality when it says that, that all men are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That is that there are some things that are that are given to them by God. That's a lot to swallow from a God who we know from the Old Testament doesn't always treat others the way he would like to be treated. Sure. So what about those inalienable rights of, of the Philistines or uh, the Canaanites? They were alienated. I mean, did, yeah. didn't they have those same rights if we're going to believe that, right? They, Yeah, they had become separated from those, certainly. And we can see you know, culture is really struggling with issues of morality, moving from what we've been as a culture in the past, where we are now, some of the past issues that our, our culture has struggled with, morality, uh, issues like slavery, mm-hmm. uh, obviously a huge issue, um, issue issues like um, sexual promiscuity, right? It used to be shacking up, now it's called normal. Right. Uh, th- those are different things. But a generation ago, those things were looked at as immoral drug use, which was, you know, a generation or two ago. That was not in keeping with the spirit of the times. Now it's a taxable opportunity for growth <laughs> yeah, in, right. in many states, right? Yeah, but even racism. Yeah. You know, even racism, which at one time was considered to be moral. It was considered to be for the good. If we were to look at the American experience, some of those guys at the beginning of the Civil War are trying to make the argument for slavery and racism based on its morality, saying that it's better for these for this group of people, blacks in specific, it's better for them to be in a position of slavery that it that they would not fare well right. as free men. And so you can see that the issue of morality is it's shifting sand. It, it moves quickly. We have different um, we, we have different struggles today. Uh, people, abortion is oh, a yeah. big one. Yeah, abortion, uh, gender rights, gender identity. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. What, what's, what's moral, what's not? How about debt? Or national debt. National it, debt. It, is it, is it it's huge. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> it's a huge issue. Yeah, you know, uh, capital punishment. Is it moral or not? And both, both sides of the argument when it comes to capital punishment, they would both argue from the moral position. Both yes, sides they would. would. They would both say that, the, that you, know, uh, n- you know, killing someone is immoral. Uh, a person would say, no, allowing a murderer to live is immoral. Yeah. Yeah, they would. Republicans would claim the same moral high ground, except when they're spending. You know, it, it, debt is immoral. Yeah, it's immoral. If, if, if the opposing party is in power, but if right. we're in power, then... Yeah. Then debt is perfectly justified. Yeah, that's our bill that we're pushing through there. So, <laughs> that's it's, right. And, and Democrats would be very similar when Clinton was was uh, at the inauguration and they see the military jets flying over. And it, there was a bit of an aversion to having military oh, jets fly over. Yeah. But I think, it was, I think it was Bill himself who said, those are our jets now. Yeah. <laughs> so it was immoral until then, was, right? Right. Yeah. And then, oh my, how quickly the moral ground has shifted beneath our feet. But that leads us to a lot of what, you know, when we're trying to figure out what is moral, it does present us with some paradoxes. Uh, you know, we already mentioned the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. Then it goes right on to not only allow and condone, but command that killing take place. Aside from capital punishment, entire nations are attacked for varying reasons. When we're trying to have that discussion with someone, how do we sort through that? I I think that's a reasonable question to ask. Well, if God is the God of forgiveness, if the Bible says we ought not to do it, 
if it's immoral, is it always immoral? Well, and that's, you see, when a country like America goes to war or any country, the, the government always tries to convince the populace that it's a moral war. It must be. That, it, that it's a just war. Yeah. And, and so they'll use whatever whatever they feel is the zeitgeist yeah, at yeah, times yeah. or create one to, to get everybody's buy-in on it. That's absolutely true. And, and both sides always make that appeal that, that not only is it right, but it is your moral obligation to be involved in, in this struggle. You know, the Bible recognizes people by, by race, to the Jew first, is a recurring theme. Um, slavery appears uh, in the Bible, and, and that's not uncommon. Genocide. Appears in the scriptures, yeah. Right. For sure. And so when we're trying to figure out, well, is there morality, it's difficult at first to see, well, how can the Bible make a claim to an unchanging, unmoldable stone set of commandments if they seem to be to be bent or broken every time it's politically expedient for Israel in the Old Testament? Before we try to unravel that, I think it's only fair that we allow the other side of the table to hear his argument thrown back at him. Oh, wait a minute. Now, what, ta- what side were we on just a minute ago? I, well, what, what we're, side we're, we're pointing out the inherent paradox, the inherent contradiction, when the Bible claims to have an objective, unmoving morality. Okay, so a person would look at the, look at the idea of uh, uh, Christianity being moral or not. The idea is, well, it's not really moral because look at how immoral it is even compared to its own standards in the Bible. Right, exactly. Okay, got it. But now let's flip the tables. So what about the secularist, the person who's, who doesn't believe in the Bible, who doesn't, doesn't have a, a belief in God, he doesn't have a faith per se, just believes what he's got. The natural world is it, okay? So the secularist, how does he deal with morality? If he is a pure naturalist, then he'd have to say that there really is no such thing as morality. To say that, that what is the spirit of the times is not an objective source, it's just what happens to be around. It's what's socially acceptable. Because Darwin says the greatest good, or the, what is moral, is the survival of the fittest. Right. So individually, if I need to kill somebody to survive, right. that's moral. It, it would be. According to the naturalist point of view, natural Darwinistic point of view, right? Yeah. Okay. Because the fittest has a right to survive. Right. And so he's justified in doing whatever propagates that survival. Now, it's interesting, though, because that's somewhat of a, of a shifting foundation also, because what if I need, what if, what if we band together in a tribe? Well, then we can attack other tribes, I guess, and take their stuff if it, in, if, if it improves our odds of survival as a tribe. But what if the rights of the tribe are pitted against the right of the individual? Hmm. Okay, so you mean what's best for the tribe might not be best for the individual? Well, no. What if there's limited food source. Okay. So ah. so who eats? Classic Darwinism says that the individual is going to have to get what he can get. Right. So they fight it out and whoever ends up with the food is the one who should have had the food. That's what Darwin says. Okay. <clears throat> so is it the collective that gets to decide? Is it the collective? Do their needs outweigh the needs of the individual? Or is it the individual because of their own personal fitness to survive? Do they have a right to take from the collective. So this has turned quickly into an argument between Rousseau versus Locke, I would say more, right? right? So so which is the greater good? Which is moral? Well, it depends on what you value more, I guess, right? It does. Yeah. It, it, it does. It's kind of a, a subtle shift, but you can't say that it's it's right in one case, but it's not right in the other. 
Does everybody individually get their shot, or is it a collective? Even even things like racism, which are often labeled as objections to the Bible's morality, the greatest examples of racism really have been the result of a secular view. A classic example, uh, Hitler, in his pursuit of a master race, thought himself to be perfectly justified because that's for the good of the species. Okay. Well, the, no, for the good of his tribe. Which right. Which would be the only thing left. But they, they right. saw themselves as a part of the evolutionary process. I see. So so really, species is right. He saw them as an advanced species, an advanced human species. Yeah. So taking the best genetic stock and eliminating uh-huh. that which is inferior— right. w- he thought he was completely justified in doing that by the eugenics of the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. Those, those laid the foundation for that thinking, and Darwin is primary in that group. Okay, so that really wasn't the individual uh, struggle, uh, in, and it was justified as the collective. Yes. So really it wasn't Hitler saying, I'm going to get what's mine, although there was a lot of that too. But as far as the public persona goes, the public justification, it really was, we are we are killing these millions of people, the infirm, the handicapped, Christians, lesbians, gays, Jews. We're killing all these people for the benefit of humankind. Yes. Okay. So that's not the same as Dar- Darwinian survival of the fittest. Not in its not in its purest sense, where everybody is out for himself. Okay, so if Darwin says that uh, surviving and killing somebody else so you can survive is moral, right? But yet the collective would say no. Giving up your own survival for the benefit of the rest of the team is moral. Is moral, right? So which is it? It depends on whether or not you're the individual or you're the rest of the team. I see. Yeah. Okay. Right. <clears throat> but all of those things, if we if we embrace that position, all of those things are on the table. All of those things are, are options for us. Nothing is nothing is rejected. So all of it boils down to what assumptions we have about what morality really is. If we uh, if we agree that morality is just the spirit of the times, then there really are very few hindrances. There's something might be moral today. It might be immoral tomorrow, depending on how the how the group has moved. Okay, but if we uh, so today today it's immoral to 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 cough on your neighbor purposely. <laughs> yes, it is. But That's to, right. But tomorrow, maybe if if society as a collective decides that they society doesn't really want anybody over the age of seventy to be alive, maybe coughing on people becomes moral in society's idea. In that sense, if it pursues the goal of the collective, then the collective would say yes. Hmm. And, and it would be the spirit of the times, and we could we could do that. That seems repulsive to me. I mean, it but, does, but, doesn't it? I mean, that just tipping my hand a little bit here. Obviously, I'm not a naturalist in that what? sense. Yeah, you know. So so shocker. That seems morally repulsive. So, but but if you're going to use the logical arguments for each, you would have to say no. There's nothing immoral about that. If that's the zeitgeist, if that's the morality of the collective, because there's no there's no point of reference. It's all it's all shifting sand. Which is why what seems to be and appears at first to be a weakness to the biblical view, the the objective view that that morality is is not a function of common consensus, but that it it exists itself objectively, is a double-edged sword for a lot of people mentally because they see if this is unchanging, well, why does it appear to have changed? And so it, you know, it has those it has those contradictions as it appears. So it makes Darwinism look attractive because 
morality can morph and change to whatever is most comfortable for us at the moment. And that works as long as we are in agreement. Or you're on the winning team. That's right. Yeah. yeah. A team of one or a team as a group if you're on the winning side, right? Yeah. One allows us to, to move as might be expedient. The other seems rigid, in, inflexible. And so do either of them provide mankind with a workable solution? You know, all this talk of morality, Mark, it's a little bit on the heavy side. But we are we are talking about in the COVID-19 crisis. Oh, good. Here. Yeah, we got to call it. In the COVID-19 situation here, there's a lot of people that are really concerned about survival and about being fit. And uh, we've got a sponsor on Interman Radio this week that has probably just, if you're in that mindset of, of trying to not just survive, but thrive when the right. big one hits, you'll want Fellow to definitely uh, love your patronize our sponsor thrive, here, who is open because he is an essential business. Yukon Bob's has everything that a God-fearing patriot like you could need in the coming EMP strike, man-made disaster, commie takeover, or next revolution. Yukon Bob's, Apocalypse Headquarters, night vision goggles, iodine tablets, green tip ammo, shipping containers, aquaponic supplies, heirlooms seed packets, all revere hats, grenade launchers, solar generators, bug out bags, don't tread on me flags, freeze dried foods, collectible gold coins, and much, much more. Yukon Bob's, Apocalypse Headquarters. Don't be like your helpless neighbors who were destined to be herded into FEMA camps. Take control of your dismal future. Yukon Bob's, Apocalypse Headquarters. So if you love your family, and we know you do, it's time to do something about it. Yukon Bob's, Apocalypse Headquarters. Stop into Yukon Bob's today. Coming back to this, we're talking about what's moral. You know, the, the question here, coming back from them, the question here is uh, whether or not Christianity is moral. And that really has led us to a conversation about, well, what is really moral anyway, especially if, if a person is a, a natural evolutionary Darwinist, a naturalist who really believes that it really is the evolutionary process that decides for us what's moral. But the question really comes up is, well, <clears throat> which view of evolution is going to decide that? So are we, out to, are we out to survive as a collective or are we out to survive as individuals? Mm -hmm. Mark, I'm going to take the position that I'm out for me. You're out for you. Because that really comes more natural to me. <laughs> uh, so, well, I understand that, but what about the rest of us? I, mean, I think we have to think bigger than you. I'm going to make sure that I've got enough toilet paper, that I've got enough food, and that I've got enough whatever it is I can get at Yukon Bob's Apocalypse headquarters to make sure that... Love that store. <laughs> I, that I've got what I need so that I survive. And because because I'm a, a, a individualistic Darwinist, that's, that's how I'm going to roll on it. Okay. That's moral. But by doing that, look at how many of us you're putting at risk. When I go to the grocery store and I can't find toilet paper because you have all of it, you, you have done something immoral. You have harmed the collective. You have harmed the group. And so we have the moral, we have the, the moral authority to go and take that from you because, because you've harmed us. No, because now you're crossing a line because if you do that enough times to enough individuals, now you're hurting a big collective of individuals as well. And who decides, who decides who the we is anyway? We do. So when you say the us, so who is the us? They are. Well, because there's a lot of people <laughs> like me out there who are out to, to get as much as they can from a Yukon Bob's and survive, right? Sure. So, so you know, there's a lot of people out there with 14 truckloads of toilet paper. There are, yes. Okay? So, so, but, 
you are saying we, as in we, who's the we? Is it, the, did you guys get together and form a committee? What is this anyway? The, the we is the majority. Okay. The we is the overwhelming us in whose interests these questions must be decided. The, the collective, the larger group, we have more right to those things than you do individually. You can decide whether or not I have enough food to eat. If, as a collective. If I have to choose between feeding you and feeding 10 other people, then yes, their needs have to come before yours. And so we would be justified to take yours and use it for a greater good. But what about my income source? So I have a job. So okay. you, you think it would be right to take my job so that you can protect your group? No, no, I wouldn't take your job. I would allow you to work at that job, and I would only take from you what you did not need. How do I? Do, how do you determine what I need? Well, it's based on what the collective requires and how much you really, how much you require personally. You don't need that truckload of toilet paper. Okay. Do I need a truck? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not really. Probably huh? not. So wait a minute now. But what if you think you need my truck? Well, does the collective need it? It's uh, not me personally. No, you wouldn't. Who's it would never be you not personally. Me, no, no. no. But it's it's what the good of the, the greater good for the... That's right. I now see. Now you got it. Okay, I get it. Okay, now I'm yeah. on to you. So, so you might not necessarily want my house. Right. But the collective right. sure could use it. Well, it probably could serve a greater purpose. You know, if it was sold and that money was distributed amongst all the people in the collective. Ah. ah see, I, I see. knew you'd see it my way. Okay, right. Well, <laughs> your way, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. right. <clears throat> Isn't that funny, though, how those are the same questions that are being answered or, or asked right now in a lot of questions culturally? You know, what is right? What is wrong? Does someone, are they morally justified to, to hoard? Are they morally justified? Are those things immoral? Those are actual real-life questions that people are trying to sort out. Does the collective have a greater claim to morality than the individual? And how do we sort that out? How do we yeah, sort that out? Thank you for listening. That if you like, like what you hear, you can be sure to never episode. miss an episode by visiting innermanradio.org or get automatic notifications on your phone with the Innerman Radio app. It's available on Google Play or Apple Stores.